The mother of Ethan Crumbly, a school shooter in Michigan, has been found guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter. That verdict came down earlier this week, but it's really brought up a pretty big question, at least for me. I know a lot of others are asking this question as well, but should parents be held responsible for the crimes committed by their kids? To discuss all of it, we are turning to Emily Taylor, an attorney and active shooter expert who's become really, a, quite frankly, a regular in newsrooms all across the country. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. First of all, just kind of a quick recap here for our listeners who maybe haven't heard this story. How did this case play out? Well, what we had is um, we had bad facts. We had a neglectful uh, parent, um, parents really, who had a child who was struggling and and they didn't do what most of us as parents would have done. Um, But then we have the the combination of, of course, tragic events and then anti-gun law enforcement and anti-gun prosecutors. So we have not just the opportunity for parents and families of the victims to sue these parents of the shooter civilly, recover money damages, but the state actually going after them criminally charged with manslaughter. We've got the mother who was just convicted of manslaughter and the father going on trial in March. Is this the first time a parent has been held directly responsible for a mass shooting by their child? It absolutely is. Wow. And it sets a it sets an unfortunate roadmap for anti-gun prosecutors in the future. You know, in this country, we do not hold other people responsible for the criminal acts of someone else unless they directly participated in that act, unless they helped to plan it, unless they aided them after the fact, unless there was, you know, a conspiracy, what we call an inchoate crime. Um, There's none of that here. Essentially, the allegation is that the parents were negligent. They were grossly negligent in allowing this to happen. Um, And that's our civil standard. That's our tort standard. So, you know, if I um, hit you with my car, I'm negligent. Mm -hmm. And so we had a mechanism for this in the law already. Um, And what we've done is really open this up for for punishing, frankly, lots of people potentially who don't deserve it when other people commit crimes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I already know the answer really to this question. But and, and this really, Emily, was always an important case because it does raise this question about the legal responsibility of parents, you know, when it comes to the actions of their child. But do, so I t- I'm just going to go ahead and assume you don't agree with the verdict. I don't. But I do think, in fact, I think I spoke with you all when this was initially. Yeah. Um, Back in March. Up. And I think in March I said to you, you know, I think the jury, there's a good chance they will convict her. And the reason is, um, you know, they're convicting her on being a bad parent. They're convicting her on really bad facts, not on, um, you know, what what we should be, um, what the precedent we should be setting going forward and the law. And so I, although really feel for the parents of the children who, who were killed by her son, um, you know, unfortunately, I think this is a... We're we're going to start a snowball here that we don't want to start. I get what you're saying, but I do want to play devil's advocate here, Emily, if you don't mind, Um, because couldn't couldn't one argue that this perhaps would encourage parents to take a greater role in in supervising their kids? Well, um, you know, I suppose so. But 
how many parents out there would only stop their children from mass murder if they thought they could get in trouble, too? Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, there yeah. are certainly a couple of them, yeah. but very few, I would yeah. think. Very, very good point this morning, Emily. It's kind of akin to blaming the gun manufacturer of the gun, right? It's kind of similar to that. I know it's not the same, uh, but it does feel similar to that. Absolutely. And, of course, we see that happening more and more as well and the circumvention of the laws that are supposed to stop that activity as well. So um, the anti-gun playbook is uh, it, it, they're getting more creative. And so. Uh, you know, we'll have to be on the lookout for lots of issues like this coming up in the future. And now we're just waiting to see what happens to the father, James Crumley, correct? Absolutely. Now, there's some speculation that he will not be convicted. Um, There is uh, some juror activity after the fact, some statements made in which the foreperson said, look, what we really didn't like about the mother is that she was the last person we know of in possession of the firearm before the shooting. Um, so perhaps the dad doesn't uh, doesn't get convicted for that reason. But of course, it'll be a brand new jury, brand new trial. And this jury may have something different to say. So we'll see. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it unfold for sure, Emily. Just like I said, such an important case here that we're all witnessing. We might have to have you back on uh, once we get a, a verdict here w- with the father. So we appreciate your time, Emily. Absolutely. That is Emily Taylor, an attorney and active shooter expert, joining us here on Whoa, Whoa. Podcasts by Federated Media.